Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Coming up later, making your garden into a well-being garden. Local author Zia Alloway shares some of the findings in the new Royal Horticultural Society book that she has co-authored. Now, the campaign to get Hertfordshire County Council to stop investing in fossil fuels has been a long one, but it took a big step forward last week. I spoke to St Albans District Councillor Simon Grover to find out more. Simon, thank you very much indeed for for joining me. So could you just tell us what you achieved in the St Albans District Council meeting last week? Yes, I put a motion uh, to the council um, asking St Albans Council to uh, say to Hearts County Council that we would like them to look at uh, removing all their investments that they have in fossil fuels. So there was a, a, a vote on that motion, there was a discussion on that motion and I'm very pleased to say that um, every councillor, it was a unanimous vote uh, in support of that idea. Right, OK, so, so why is it important to... Um, to, to take investments out of fossil fuels. Well, fossil fuels are at, at the fossil fuel companies are at the sharp end of what's happening in climate change. It, it, it's obvious, really. But you know, lots of lots of companies, lots of activities that we that we are involved in in, in our in our society um, produce some carbon emissions, but none more so, obviously, than the very people who are digging out of the ground. Um, so, targeting those companies, we talk about BP, Shell, these these types of companies, and saying we shouldn't be investing in this company and we shouldn't be profiting from what they're doing. Actually, it's not morally. Acceptable to profit from it. But, but it's just not right to be, to be supporting those companies to putting investments in. And pension companies in the UK own most of the assets, most of the things that, that people invest in. Uh, one way or another, pension funds own billions and billions and billions. In fact, I think it's a, it's a number of trillions um, in the UK. And so um, asking pension funds to look at how they're investing their money is a really significant way to make change. OK. And is it just about um, you know, just removing support from climate damaging practices or, or, or does it make any sort of um, economic sense as well? Yeah, I mean, increasingly, um, you're hearing more and more uh, about the economic side of this. So think of it like this, that um, the World Bank, um, the, the, the Bank of England, the UK government itself has acknowledged that fossil fuel companies have already discovered, and in many cases extracted, um, more coal, oil, gas, etc., than we can possibly ever burn if we're to be anywhere close to meeting our climate change commitments. And we are getting you know, very close to that. And we're getting close to the idea that we're going to have to stop doing this and move to other technologies. That means the financial future of those companies is hugely in doubt. And of course, stock markets are always looking ahead. So at some point, the value of the shares in these companies and the bonds in these companies is going to collapse. Um, unfortunately, pension funds tend to be very slow moving. And so they're quite likely, as I pointed out in my speech, to get caught out by this. So they really, on economic basis, do need to look ahead and reduce ideally to zero uh, as, as soon as they can. And I'm talking about a number of years because these things take time, their fossil fuel investments. Right. OK. Now, the, the major investments, uh, as you've kind of said, that Hearts County Council have is actually their pension fund. But why does that pension fund, why does it matter to so many people in St Albans? Well, that pension 
pension fund um, is, is a large pot of money that is used to provide the pension benefits, so essentially the, the pensions that are paid out, to council workers when they retire. So these are council workers all across the county, so people who work at the county council, people who work in St Albans, county council, uh, St. Albans District Council and the other, the other uh, nine district councils through the county. There are other groups as well who are members of this, of this fund, but essentially that's what that money is there to do. So it's, it's a large number of people and the person, the, the, the body that is responsible ultimately for making sure there's enough money in there is the county council and therefore it's the responsibility of council taxpayers, you and I, who pay our money to Hearts County Council who would ultimately have to uh, bail out the fund if these, if these uh, stocks and shares collapsed. Okay, so this is something that actually matters to all of us. So, so as you say, so you've, you've um, St Albans District Council will now be asking um, Hearts County Council to um, look at divestment. But what's the next step from here? How do, how do you actually make all this happen? Well, um, the County Council has already itself um, started to look at this issue as well. There's been a petition to the County Council, so the Pension Committee there um, is being bombarded on all sides, um, which is great, and I'm very much hoping that other district councils are going to send similar messages. That Pension Committee, which is made up of councillors and, uh, and some experts, uh, will look at this issue, and it's about putting pressure on them to change their investment strategy. They're always looking at, at how they should be using their money and making tweaks here and there, um, and they are starting to look at the issue of climate change broadly. We want them to focus down very specifically on the idea of fossil fuel investments and the fact that they need to put a, a plan in place for reducing those investments. Okay. I mean, most of us have some kind of, of pension fund, don't we do? Is there anything that that we should be doing? Uh, well, you, you're right. We, we do. Um, almost everybody, if you, if you have a job um, in th- these days, then you will have some sort of workplace pension. You might have a private pension uh, as well if you're of um, working age. And yes, your money uh, as a result of that is going to be invested in something. And uh, most people, lots of people don't even realise their money is being invested at all. They kind of assume it's in a bank account or something, but it's not. It's being invested um, in companies and in governments and in all sorts of activities. Great things like hospitals and, and uh, building trains and all that, all that sort of thing. Some good things that, that keep our society ticking along as well. But some things that you might not like the idea of, like maybe you don't want to be t- invested in companies that produce weapons. Uh, maybe you don't want to be invested in fossil fuel companies. So what you can do is ask your employer um, or your, your pension provider if you know who that is, but certainly your employer, ask them where your money is being invested because it's your money. Um, you've got a perfect right to know where that is invested. If you're, if you're interested and um, you know a bit about what you're talking about or you get some advice, you could look at moving your money out of where it is into somewhere else. So often your employer will offer you um, very straightforward options. Do you want this option or that option? And you can look at the two options and choose which you prefer. So it's well worth asking the question. Well worth asking the question. And even just by raising the issue, that you're gaining something by that, aren't you? That's exactly right. And that comes back to what this um, motion at the council is all about. It's showing that we care about it, that we think it's important, and that we think the people who look after our money um, should be acting responsibly. Simon, thank you very much indeed for joining me. And though I was talking to Councillor Simon Grover, um, if you'd like to learn more about the Divest Hearts campaign, then take a look at their website, divesthearts.org. Um, and remember, you know, if it is anything to do with, um, with your finances, it's always worth getting advice from a professional first. Now, it is absolutely 
lovely outside at the moment. It really feels like spring is bursting. It's definitely the time when you feel like you should be getting out into your garden or just getting out into into a green space full stop. Well, there's a new book out called the um, it's the Royal Horticultural Society book, um, Your Wellbeing Garden. Um, and I spoke to the co-author, Zia Alloway, to find out a little bit more about how our gardens can make us feel better. Zia, thank you very much indeed for joining me. So I suppose we all kind of know in a general way that gardening is good for you. I mean, it involves fresh air and exercise. But I assume that there's a whole lot more to it than that. If you've got a whole book on it, is this about is it about physical well-being or mental well-being? It's about both. It's about gardening for physical well-being, so keeping you fit. It's also very interestingly about mental health and how gardening can actually make you feel better right. and reduce depression but it also goes into a wider wider scope of the environment and how we can garden to help the environment and make our planet healthier um, and our environment better. So, so do you think there's a sort of a synergy there between our health and you know the, the health of the wider environment? Most definitely there is. There is. We, we have lost touch with our own habitat. So while we think about habitats being lost elsewhere in the world for, you know, orangutans or, you know, the lesser spotted lizard or whatever, we too are losing our own habitat. We are supposed to live in a green world. And when we don't, we suffer in many, many ways. Right. So, so, so just being inside, being at our computers, this is not where we're intended for. And actually, we just need to get out just into a little green space. D- does this apply to people who've not got an actual garden, but just a little growing space like a balcony or whatever? Could, could this book and all the well-being be relevant to them too? Absolutely. It's for anybody with an indoor garden, with a balcony, or even just access to an out, out, outdoor space. So it's about greening up your life. It's about getting your vitamin G, which is vitamin green. And a daily dose of that will make you feel so much better. Wow. So again, I've got, you know, I'm a very keen gardener, so I've got a vague feeling that I know that. But how about in the book? Is this science-based or is this just based on sort of hearsay? It's all grounded in research, scientific research. So definitely everything has its... um, a study attached to it so every page has a study attached to it proving what we're saying okay so could you just give us a couple of examples about some of the amazing things that um seeing or being in our gardens can do for us you were, you were talking about you know actually um medically getting better recovery Is that can that be affected by green space most definitely there was a research done um recently about um, patients in a hospital. Some were looking out on a green space, some were looking out on a brick wall. Those looking out on the green space re- recovered more quickly and needed fewer drugs and pain relief. And that that's that very, study has actually been repeated a few times to prove that that's correct. That's very that's very real, isn't it? Less drugs, you know, that's a um, recovery quicker. You can put numbers on that. That's that's really um, really quite a profound difference, isn't it? Um, and how about on our on our mental well-being um you know staring at a screen all the time being on social media these are the kind of things that sort of are supposed to be bad for us how can how can being outside help us with that well it really helps us to reboot our brains so green spaces and the patterns in nature actually help us to relax so being out in nature lowers your blood pressure it um, reduces your heart rate but also it helps to 
us to concentrate more. So if you're doing an exam or you're studying hard, going out into a green space and looking at the patterns in nature, so looking at tree branches, the patterns of a flower, they're called fractals. And what they do is they help us to concentrate on those things, take our minds away from what we have been thinking about. But at the same time, we find them very calming. So it, do, it has that really positive effect. So when you go back to work or back to studying, you're feeling refreshed and fantastic again. Wow. Well, uh, you know, I, some things I sometimes forget about, but you, you're right. Just taking a few minutes out from, you know, sort of catching up on emails or whatever. Sounds like that's a really good and really quite easy thing we can do. Now, we've sort of spoken there about the benefits of being in a green space like your garden. But how about the benefits of actually, you know, getting down and dirty in the soil? Are the benefits from that? Well, the soil itself actually contains quite a lot of microbes. Well, when I say quite a lot, millions of microbes. And these have been shown to improve our immunity. So as we've gone away from actually physically touching the soil, breathing in the microbes as we're touching the soil because they, they, they sort of come up and go, go into your nose, even eating them bits of soil on our carrots and all our food and vegetables all of those have reduced our immunity which is why the scientists now think that actually that disconnect has has made us more susceptible to asthma and eczema and all these autoimmune diseases so at a time like now it might be a good idea to get out and actually feel the dirt between your fingers because it could be doing your immune system a whole lot of good well you know as you said really that the benefits seem to be enormous, don't they? And, of course, then there's all that lovely fresh veg if you're actually growing stuff as well. Absolutely, yeah. You're going to be eating, you know, eating better as well. And the phytonutrients that they found to be so beneficial to our gut health, which also helps our mental health, you know, all in these fresh vegetables yeah. and fruits that we can grow. Fantastic. So, um who do you think this book is aimed at? You know, it's quite a hefty tome, isn't it? There's obviously lots of stuff in there. Who, who do you think would be, uh, um, who, who's your, your market for this? Who would benefit from it in particular? To be honest, I think anyone would benefit from it. I mean, however big or small your garden, even if you were thinking of getting a garden, it helps you to design a garden that's beneficial to wildlife and the environment. It shows you how to garden safely so you don't hurt your back. Um, it, it tells you all about the benefits of gardening and what you can grow and the benefits of scent, bringing birds into the garden, how birdsong can also help you relax and enjoy your, enjoy your life. Um, so I can't really think of anyone it wouldn't benefit in some way. It's also, it's very well illustrated, so it's not a really heavy read. Everything's kind of bite-sized yes. and easy to oh, access. It's a, it's a beautifully presented book, isn't it? It does look like something that, you know, on everybody's coffee table, something for them to sort of dip into and, and be inspired by. Um, and with, you know, with, with the gardening season's just starting now, um, have you got any just little bit of inspiration just to finish off with? Well, I would say to anyone plant a tree if you've got space in your garden even if you're if you've got a balcony you could plant the tree in a in a pot they are so beneficial to so much of the world so many things in the world so they're good for wildlife they're fantastic for the environment they pump out um, oxygen they take in co2 so they're absorbing pollution Um, and really What else could you do? They're all around good eggs, aren't they? Great advice there. Zia, thank you very much indeed.
I was talking there to Zia Alloway, um, the, uh, one of the authors of My Wellbeing Garden. Um, now, if you haven't got your own space in which to plant a tree, you can go and help the tree officer um, plant tree. Sorry, this is Alex Laurie, the tree officer, and the tree wardens plant trees at London Colony's Walsingham Way space. They've got 450 trees to plant on Friday and Saturday from 10 o'clock. Very well to come along, bring your gloves and a spade if you've got them. Um, also, there's a talk coming up on Monday evening that might be of interest. It's over in Harpenden, and our Planet Our Future. Um, I've got an event they're calling uh, Rewilding. Uh, come and hear about local initiatives to inspire you to improve the natural world around you. There's going to be Tim Hill from the Hearts of Middlesex Wildlife Trust talking about a successful project called Wilder Stevenage um, and about how it's going to be introduced um, into St Albans district. And then also hear from um, Nadia Bishara who set up the Wilderhood Watch, who we have indeed heard on this show. Um, Lots of inspiring speakers and discussion there. That's at 7.30 to 9.30. Uh, the venue is Bennett's, and that's on Monday evening. And for a bit of inspiration about um, caring for the environment, do tune in to here to Radio, Radio Verum 92.6 FM, where we have the live Lent series going on. Um, Care for God's Creation is the Church of England's Lent campaign for 2020, and it contains weekly themes shaped around um, the first Genesis account of creation. So do tune in to find out more about that and check it out on the website. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast on the Radio Verulam website, radioverulam.com. I'll be back at the same time next week. Until then, thank you for listening.